This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Afternoons on Dubai Eye 103.8. Helen Farmer with you on today's episode of Afternoons. We're in conversation with entrepreneur, lawyer, poet, Sarah Ali, who is joining us at the Dubai Duty Free Tennis. She's just published her debut poetry book titled Barefoot, A Seeker's Journey. Published here in Dubai, we were talking about spiritual journey and the power of words to communicate even during times of crisis. And also in conversation, the clinical director, Saima Sheik, about thermo cancer scannings, thermography, and how this could be even a step beyond what we think about being preventative checks for cancer. Meeting the author now, or should I say poet, Sarah Ali has just published her debut poetry book titled Barefoot, A Seeker's Journey. She is a mum, a lawyer, an entrepreneur, and yes, now an author. And we're going to be talking about something of a spiritual journey that I think, I know as I say that, you're going, oh gosh, that sounds a bit woo-woo. But having read her work, I really feel like it's going to resonate with you. And Sarah, I just want to say a huge thank you for joining us at the tennis today. How are you? Thank you, Helen, for having me here. Uh, I'm great. It's a beautiful day. So, uh, day. yes. Sun is out. The sky is blue. We're talking about poetry. I couldn't be much happier, to be honest. What I, what I would say and preface this by, it's very hard to talk about poetry without sounding quite pretentious. And I think what your book does really beautifully is relate what so many people have historically felt and are certainly currently feeling. And um, we're going to get into the book um, soon, but I want to talk about you first, if you don't mind. Where did you grow up and what do we need to know about you in order to understand your work? Sure. Um, so I actually, I was born in Toronto, in Canada, um, but within six months we moved to the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, a bit, yeah, not everyone always hears that. Um, stayed there for like nine years and then we moved to South Africa Johannesburg for most of my formative years Uh, was there until I uh, graduated high school and then went to Toronto for my undergrad and then was in Africa for a little bit volunteering for an organization Uh, then went to law school in England so I've been a bit of all over the place and now in Dubai so I think an insight into the poetry is it's, it spans over so many continents and kind of I feel like there are global truths that I've just seen through these different countries and continents. That's what I wanted to ask you a little bit about kind of the cultural lens that you're looking through but actually it's more of a global lens because of those interactions of actually really being in communities and seeing different struggles and benefits and, and, and ways of life. Um, would you mind kind of breaking it down for us in terms of what you find so useful about writing what do you get from it as a poet sure um poetry really i think it started as little bouts of inspiration and i think that happened after law school uh you 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 learn how to write a lot in a little Mm -hmm. so it would be little succinct pieces that i actually started writing i think for myself like to get myself through and inspiring myself or seeing some perspective, which I might not always have. Um, so, yeah, that, that just, that... It's hard. It's yeah. hard to explain, because I've, I've, I've written fiction and non-fiction and, you know, written articles and written, written poetry quite a lot when I was younger. 
And it's really hard to explain because when those words are down and the right words are down, it's like a moment of clarity as the writer in that you've succinctly explained how you're feeling or what you want to connect with people on. And then all you can do is kind of, either, either you keep it to yourself, which I know a lot of people do, whether that's through journaling or writing, or you put it out into the world. And that is an incredibly vulnerable moment. Why did you decide that you wanted to do that? Yes, that's that's a really good question. I actually started the page, my the Barefooted Believer is my Instagram page, and I started it anonymously. And I think like even that name, it was just that was the place I was in in my life at that point. And you know, I think humility sometimes life knocks you down, and I think that's barefoot. You just come as you are, and just a believer in in truth and love, and so I, I think I just, it was an outlet maybe, like the Instagram page. And I didn't expect it to gain the traction it did. And, and it really has. We can talk about that next in terms of the book has been seven years in the making, but it has been recent events that have really allowed poet Sarah Ali to connect with her audience, find her people. And if you want details of the book, you can just send me the word poem. I'd be happy to share at Sarah's Instagram page so you can find out more. Joining us live in our sunny studio, we have got entrepreneur, author, now author, published poet, Sarah Ali. Her book, Barefoot, A Seeker's Journey, was published here in Dubai, and it talks about the spiritual journey that you go on in life and finding yourself, which I always feel like is an interesting one because sometimes you're like, oh gosh, I'm not sure what I I like what I found. (laughs) So as I said before, this is seven years in the making, spanning continents. Sarah, can I ask you a little bit about why people should read it what was your purpose with it sure so it's it it's it's a bunch of small poems short poems that i feel like anybody can pick up at any time and i think it provides that hope that inspiration that perspective we we may sometimes need you know sometimes i know i used to do this in the uk whenever i needed perspective i'd go you know find some hike to do go to some cliff i'm a big mountain cliff person and sometimes just going there it you zoom out Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's what the book does like it speaks about you can't get to the to the peaks without the valleys and the peaks are not as great without the valleys you don't you need the ocean you need the shore and so i feel like it's just that book you can pick up and it's like reminder i kind of need to state what might feel like obvious to people listening today which sometimes poetry can feel like it's something for other people it can feel other unattainable elusive sometimes pretentious and I think what your poetry does is exactly that it's not a case of sitting down and reading it from cover to cover Mm -hmm. you know I read some this morning I was drying my hair for example you know it's these kind of moments of connection and clarity and not feeling alone I guess in some of these emotions that we're going through and I would also give a shout out to Instagram because I feel like we've seen a huge rise in Instagram poets who you know are purely published on that platform and what I think you've had this convergence of your talent and the time we found ourselves in. And you've really grown in popularity um, over the last few months and a big part um, due to the crisis in Gaza. And I wondered if you wouldn't mind speaking to that and why that's been so meaningful. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, the crisis in Gaza is just, I think we're all out of words. And, and that's a lot, say, it's not, it's, as a poet to say you're out of words, it's, it's kind of counterintuitive, but I think, I think just 
kind of capturing a few of the moments we feel and what I've done is, you know, as we see a video come out, I've I've tried to note down a few things, you know, also I think giving giving homage to those people, those names, you know, that are just dissipating in a sense. Um, and it's really it's really resonated with people because when we can't find the words, we look to other people to provide them and they have those moments of me too. Yes. It's not. It's not just me who's exactly. feeling this. Who's 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 seeing this. Exactly. So I'm. I'm so glad it's out there. Um, for one thing, um, and I wanted to ask you about maybe the next generation of young writers. You know, you've been writing in various forms for for years and years now. Um, so what would you say to anyone else who feels like they've got something to say, who has a perspective, and it might not be a book, it might just be a few words that they want to they want to put into the world. What what inspiration would you offer up, Sarah? I'd say you know just just put it out into the world. I, I never envisioned having a book. I, I just wrote down a few words and one thing leads to another and you know enough people message you and say, hey, when's your book coming out? And and, and you, you follow that. But I think it's also following the the nudges we have from the universe, right? Like if the nudges to, to paint, paint. If your nudges to write, write. Like you don't have to have, the outcome is not in your hands but the steps are yeah. so i think getting the variables getting out there you know i think we're all we're all artists i really believe that um i think back in the day that was we were all artists and slowly we've gone away from that but now it's just about going back to those roots and and i think also um the crisis in gaza has also done that we've all we've we've gone to painting and we've gone to art and we've gone to writing because there's just so much we're feeling and we want to express and again it's community right and connection we all want to feel we're not alone we're all in this together and we're all feeling those those feelings of solidarity and um, we've had a couple of messages about where to get the book, which is my last yes, question to you. It was course. published here in Dubai. Yes. Um, where's the best place to, well, find you on Instagram and of yes. course find the book as well. Yes. So Barefoot, A Seeker's Journey can be found on, uh, it can be found at Bookworld and Kinokunoya. And then it can, that will be on the shelves next week. And it's also on ohebook.com. Um, yeah. And you can find me on Instagram on The Barefooted Believer. And yeah, it's, it's out there. And Well, thank you. Thank you for your words. Thank um, you. I really do mean that. And if anyone wants details, you can just send me the word poem. Um, I'd be happy to send you those links. Sarah, I really appreciate your time. I'm excited to see what comes next. Thank um, you. Helen. And thank you. Really, really do appreciate it. Now, we love talking health on the show, and this can take all different forms, whether it's real-life stories, speaking to established people in Dubai who you might not have a hope of getting an appointment with, and also hearing about exciting new things globally that have made their way to the UAE. And that's what we're discussing now. Thermal cancer scanners, known as thermography. Asayma Sheikh is with us today. She's a clinic director based out of Canada, but is in the UAE on and off to help people basically she's a certified clinical thermographic technician a breast health educator um, and we're going to be explaining a little bit more about thermography the benefits the differences between how you might be detecting cancer in other ways and of course answering any questions that you might have as well Simon, thank you so much for being with us how are you i'm great thank you helen thank you first of all for having me here my pleasure really appreciate it before we get into the science part the right. tech which i know is obviously your bread and butter and you're incredibly experienced at detecting um, i want to know a bit about your why? Why is this something that you wanted to dedicate your life and your life work to? Um, some personal experiences with my mother. Um, a couple years ago, I would say 14 years ago, mom 
um, you know, she she was raising us. Uh, she was a widow. I lost my father really young, and um, she was just going through some stresses. And you know, she mentioned that she had a lump on her breast. So I'm like, really, mom? So I came and checked, and I took her to the doctor. And you know, they right away uh, they said that uh, she had a lump, and that they need to do a biopsy. So biopsy came back positive. And um, and then she was asked to do, um, uh, you know, it was in her lymph nodes. So we were told that it was cancerous and it was stage two. So mm -hmm. it's still early, um, but it, she would need radiation and chemotherapy. So she went through all that and uh, everything went well. She was treated. She was OK back to herself after a few months. Uh, you know, she was just following up with her doctor just to make sure that, you know, she her, some of her lifestyle had changed. However, stress was a big part when raising kids all by yourself as a single mom was not easy for her. Um, seven years later, the, the lump, we would say, came back in her different breast, in her right breast. Um, and it was a completely different cancer. And it was, again, stage two. She had to go through chemo, radiation. And then the next step was remove your breast. So uh, she went through uh, a mastectomy. While all this was happening, obviously, I had two daughters and I was in my 30s, early 30s. So I started questioning, you know, what, you know, what's my what's what do I have to do to be, you know, to prevent this? So obviously, I became a little guinea pig and I started undergoing mammograms every six months wow. because my mom went through cancer. Yeah. She also carried the gene. Mm -hmm. So um, these, these mammograms were being done. Uh, every six months it was painful and then putting in all that radiation so I think I did it for a good six years Wow so when I mean, we talk about the importance of early detection but when there are risk factors you know fam family history you need to be even more proactive absolutely what we're talking about now is a stage before the ultrasound before the mammogram right which is what you are now helping well, I was gonna say women but also men because it's not absolutely. just about breast um, examinations uh, that th you know your your technology can help with can you explain and pretend that, you know, I am a child, yes. um, around the science of right. thermography. Simon, would you mind? Yes. So absolutely. Um, thermography is a thermal imaging procedure that, uh, uh, that measures the heat that is generated by different parts of your body. Um, thermography is completely non-invasive, no radiation. Um, it's 100% safe and there's no contact. So what it is basically a digital infrared camera that takes infrared images. Um, it's able to detect the different heat patterns on your body. So think of it this way. When you have a thermometer, uh, you have a hundred thermometers probing your body. Mm -hmm. and but nothing's touching you. Yeah, nobody's <laughs> touching you and it, it's actually picking up the heat temperatures throughout your whole body. That is what thermography is. We're, so, going to, we're going to talk a little bit next about who this can benefit and ultimately what do you do once you've got that information. If you've got any questions relating to this, to cancer detection, um, it's a thermal cancer scanner, but I'm curious about the correlation between dental pathology, which is something that we can touch on, and also total body health as well. talking health and specifically cancer prevention uh, through a thermal cancer scanner. Uh, we've got Saima Sheik with us today, clinic director. She's based out of Milton, Ontario in Canada, but it is in the UAE right now and on and off. Um, scanning people through thermography. We've been talking about some of the benefits in terms of no contact, no radiation. 
to be able to detect hotspots in the body before a lump might have formed. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about the correlation, because when we're talking about scanning breasts in particular, you know, you're a breast health educator, but actually it can start before it reaches the breasts and even using dental scanning, is that right? Absolutely, yeah. So uh, we've had uh, 25 case studies uh, and a holistic dentist that we were working with. Um, We had the 25 women come in, uh, do a breast scan, we found some inflammation on, let's say, the red, right breast. Um, quickly asked them when was their last dental visit. They said went 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 well. It was just recent. And uh, when we checked their cranial dental thyroid, so their dental pathology, we found low-grade infections in the mouth. So root canal cavities, they leave these low-grade infections in the mouth. So as soon as these were treated, what happened to the breast inflammation automatically disappeared. Wow. So every tooth has an acupuncture meridian relationship between your teeth and the organs in your body. So your fangs, if they're inflamed, your liver will be affected. If your back molars are have inflammation, it's going to affect your heart. So, gosh, so, can I ask you, I mean, it's not just cancer that you're looking for. Um, it's inflammation is re- uh, really the crux of it. If we, if we park cancer screening what other issues can you be picking up in the body through through thermography yeah so it's a lot of other things that we can pick up is chronic nerve injury bone uh, issues muscular issues um, repetitive strain uh, sports injuries Mm -hmm. uh, neck and back problems pain evaluation arthritis hormonal imbalance um, there's just so much and you know this is a preventative tool um, so its main purpose is to actually uh, identify inflammation well that's what I wanted to ask so let's say you know we do a scan it goes off to the medical team um, I guess my last question is what's next what do you do that with that information Saima so with that information then uh, after getting the clinical comments from our medical team the next step is to recommend our patients to the appropriate practitioners so if it's a whole body a total body imaging and there's inflammation all over the body they we usually refer them to a naturopathic doctor um, if there's issues with the spine then we'll refer them to a Cairo. Um, any uh, related sports injuries, it would be a physiotherapist. And this is all people that you're working with here in the UAE. So that's Correct. part of why you're here yes. right now is finding people that can assist in this next step. Uh, absolutely. The Bay team is uh, on roll right now and we're doing great. Assemble the Thank Avengers. Um, Simon, for anyone that wants to find out more, read more about this, was there any resources that we, you could point us to? Absolutely. There's a lot of research studies that I have on my website, so we can share that. For yeah, sure. what's the website? Uh, Thermography Clinic Milton Okay, tell you what, if you want to send me the word health to 4001, I'd be very um, happy to send you that. The team is in Dubai just for a few more days, um, practicing out of Sunset Mall, but you will be back. Absolutely. And thank you for downloading this episode of the Afternoons with Helen Farmer podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe. You'll get it direct to your phone as soon as it's out. And you can listen to me live on Dubai Eye 103.8, Monday to Friday between 2 and 5 p.m. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.